Hey gang, Wonder Rob here, and Shop's here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. for another episode of the coming book kaiju we'd like to thank you very much for listening to our lovely discussions of all things comic books my name is vector and i have two goals with this podcast the first goal is to have interesting comic book discussions the second goal is to get caught up on current comics after i got snapped away by thanos for five years i I wasn't reading and I was lost in the sauce, as they say. But now I'm back, and I have my big homie, Marcus Seabury, here to help me out. Seabury, what's your goals with this podcast? Um, Number one, just I missed the fun of podcasting yeah. that I had when, you know, recording with you back when you lived in Memphis and, you know, our other friends that have kind of come through the the podcast is you know making guest appearances it's, it's like i first started podcasting you know with with you all and you know i kind of hit a spot where it wasn't as fun so that was the number one thing then the number two thing is i just you know man i love comics man i like yes. talking about comics and i yes. just won't you know, I want to do that on like yeah. a weekly basis because my other, you know, podcast that, that I'm affiliated with, Black Nerd Power, is no longer weekly. So I was like, you know, I got to get back to the fun. Yeah. I am Sean Michaels circa 97 <laughs> trying to find my smile. Yes. And Seabury is here to provide the sweet chin music to all the listeners. And guess what? There's actually, speaking of fun in podcasting and going back to our Memphis roots of podcasting, I have started a new wrestling podcast called the kick out Kaiju uh, hosted by myself and Mr. Chris Eaton, formerly of the Geekland podcast. And if you're a longtime listener of comic book Kaiju, you'll recognize him from episode two, the Geekland reunion episode, but we have started a wrestling podcast and we're going to have Mr. Marcus Seabury on our next episode and Seabury. We're gonna be this new this new podcast. We're talking about your favorite match. What is that? Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Randy Savage with the Intercontinental Title on the line at WrestleMania three. Oh man, you know I don't think I've ever watched that match in its entirety. Like I know of it, but I don't think I ever watched it in its entirety. So that's gonna be super fun because basically the premise of that show is. We watch our favorite matches and we do commentary on the match. So the first episode that we did, Chris Eaton was walking me through the Money in the Bank 2011 match between CM Punk and John Cena, which I had never seen before. So he was kind of telling me, catching me up on what was going on, what was the storyline at the time. Um, So that was cool. So now I'll be very interested to hear, Seabury, your thoughts on 
what was going on at that time and in your life and in WWF at the time, now WWE, um, between those two guys. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So keep an eye out. (laughs) Yeah. Keep an eye out on your feeds for the kickout kaiju. Uh, We got the first episode out there right now. Episode two is going to feature Mr. Marcus Seabury because we want to have the fun in podcasting and we want Seabury to have a good time. Woo! Now, (laughs) speaking of good times, Seabury, there's a little bit of comic book news that I wanted to talk to you about. And this is a new segment on our show. we're, We're always evolving and changing the format and the flow of this podcast, but Comic book news happens every day, and I'm trying to keep up with it on our TikTok, our Reels, Instagram Reels, and uh, YouTube Shorts. So if you're following us on those platforms, you'll see me trying to cover news on a day-to-day basis, because every day there's some new comic book news. But these two stories in particular, um, I wanted to talk to Seabury about. Um, So let's talk about the news that actually just came out today. The Batgirl movie. Remember that? Yeah, that I was looking forward to it. <laughs> Michael Keaton is Batman. Yes, Michael Keaton. Um, Brendan Fraser is playing Firefly. Leslie Grace was playing Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl. And the Bad Boys for Life, and also Miss Marvel filmmakers. Um, I'm going to butcher those names, so I'm not going to say them. But they, they had greenlit this project last year as part of a company-wide effort at Warner Brothers to create feature films specifically for HBO Max. Now, this movie, Batgirl, was already in post-production, in the middle of post-production. It is no longer going to HBO Max, Seabury. And so your next thought is, oh, okay, they're going to put it in the theater, right? No, they're not going to put it in the theater either. So it is now going on the shelf. I don't know what is going to happen with this footage that's already been filmed. Um, Is this going to be the 2020 version of the the 90s Fantastic Four, Seabury, where you're going to have a bootleg, your friend's got a bootleg of the Batgirl, and uh, hey, give it to me. Let me open your trench coat and give me that Batgirl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that was so 80s. (laughs) Yeah, you're like a Trisco and a fedora. Hey, kid. <laughs> Want that bad girl? <laughs> so this, <laughs> this had a $75 million budget, Seabury. Now, was it, that's how it started. And then after principal photography and post-production, it got up to $90 million. Uh, also, some COVID delays as well. But uh, not, let's just say $90 million Warner Brothers spent is now gone. I don't know where that's going to go. Uh, but what was your immediate thoughts when you heard about this Batgirl uh, getting canceled? I thought it was dumb. I was like, okay, even if it's crap, you have right. a whole streaming service. Right. Like, just put it on there and try to recoup something. Yeah. But they were like, mm, no, no. Well, <laughs> now I've been reading articles. Um, now, one article that I saw said, the test screenings were abysmal, so that uh-huh. was. It. But then another article I, I read said, "Um, I guess the the new owners of Warner Bros. What I believe is the Discovery people and all. Oh that, yes, right. 
they decided to pivot away from streaming releases and what? yeah they want to go more toward full-fledged theatrical releases and they felt like since bad girl was filmed with streaming in mind that mm. it you know that it won't look good if they put it in the theater so they rather not now uh, also uh there was like a little i guess semi sequel to scoob that also oh, got jailed yeah yeah that was, that was gonna be like a little halloween special or something now what yeah, is uh, going on at warner brothers right now like there's so much upheaval that's happening right now discovery is swooped in and like look this how we gonna do it <laughs> like meet the new boss and, <laughs> and so that happened and and then and, and of course now the fear is that uh the other two projects that were intended to be hbo max uh exclusive movies the black canary project and the blue beetle project will also be shelved now that is the new fear yeah that's a lot of the sentiment i saw both amongst my friends just texting and then also online um so that's it's all going to be very interesting uh to see what what uh transpires from this but there i mean you know no no news is bad news or no press is bad press or whatever it is whatever the the the, the popular phrase is this is getting a ton of buzz right now like everybody in the comic book world is talking about this and uh it's it i think it's um there's a little bit of demand right now for this now everybody's oh wait a minute i want to see it now you guys you canceled it not only the people who are already looking forward to it but maybe even the people who weren't necessarily interested they heard about it and they're like wait a minute let me see that let me see how bad it is let me see this train wreck let me see the as i'm driving past the car wreck i want to see what's going on over there so we'll see what happens here seabury but i am very interested because you know what else um had kind of a similar situation was um this week the the sandman project is coming out at netflix and mm -hmm. i was thinking about that earlier i was like man when's that jordan joseph gordon levitt sandman coming out and then i i looked it up and was like oh yeah he left that in 2016 and he left it because new bosses came in and took over warner brothers and said Hey, this is how we're doing it. And he had a, a lengthy Facebook post where he was like, all right, guys, I'm out. Like these guys, they don't jive with my version of Sandman and what I think makes Sandman special. So I'm out. Good luck to you guys. I'm out. So this, that was 2016. That was, you know, we're in 2022 now and the same thing is happening. So I just feel like Warner Brothers and DC are in this constant backpedal. And this is going back to Iron Man. Like Marvel has DC on their heels as far as live action content, I think. Um, and they've just been struggling to get back on their feet. Um, and, that, and we saw that at Comic-Con where it was like, all right, The Rock 50-year-old Dwayne Johnson comes out and the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. All right, whatever that means. And then 
the yeah Shazam two looks okay, but then Marvel comes out. All right, guys, two Avengers movies, Kang, all this stuff. You know, we we did a whole episode on it where we talked about the the announcements, and we still got D twenty three coming out, which I believe that's where we're gonna get the X Men and all the mutant announcements. Okay. So like. I'm kind of worried about DC, Zebra. I just don't know when are they going to get back to that. You know, you know what? Here is my Nirvana point with DC. They just tend to be gutsy, man. Like, and they're so gutsy to the point where I'm either going to really love it or really hate it. Yeah. Really love it like Joker or really hate it like. Uh, the original cut of Batman versus Superman, or the original <laughs> Justice League, and it's Martha. like, <laughs> why'd you say that? <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just like I don't know. I've learned to respect the Moxie and Hutchpile DC because love them or hate them, they don't really play it safe. It's just like, let's try this. Let's try this. And it is a contrast because, ah, oh man, the MCU is just so safe. And it's like sometimes it just, I mean, I appreciate it. You know, I don't think they've made a film that's not entertaining at all. Like even Eternals has entertaining moments. But yeah. like, you know, it, it's just like, oh, no, this is Feige. This is the grand plan. And and it's cool, you know, most of the time it works, but it's like, you know, sometimes I just be like, ah, man, take yeah. a risk, man, live a little, let your hair down. Yeah. But now, of course, <laughs> one of us in DC goes to the other extreme where they just like, no fear, man, YOLO, just ah, <laughs> everything. Oh, Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman, but so is Ben Affleck. <laughs> I scoff at your rules. Yeah, and it's like there's nothing like we talked about wanting an ending of Phase Four, right? We wanted a through line, and we wanted something uh, a little carrot at the end of the the rainbow. And with DC, I feel the same way, and I've been feeling that way ever since. Justice League was announced. I'm like, all right, well, what is the whole through line of this? And now that Justice League came out and they're they pivoted away from Zack Snyder, now it's like, well, now what? Uh, we got a, a couple okay solo stuff like Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Shazam, but where is it all leading to? So, you know, and and the Batman because I felt like Zack Snyder was leading towards like. Injustice League, Legion of Doom, whatever mm. you want to call them. I felt like that's where he was going, but man, I mean, you know, Jim Lee pretty much said it kind of like, yeah, I think we kind of done with the Snyderverse. Yeah. And also, it's confusing because you're still using Snyderverse actors. Right. Yeah. That's, that's 100%, especially with people who aren't familiar with comics or who don't keep up with it. Probably not listening to this podcast, but um, yeah, it's kind of confusing what DC, you know, I'd, I'd love to be in a meeting with these guys and see what's going on over there. And we've said it time and time again, Seabury, they need a Kevin Feige. They need somebody to come in there and like take over. 
because Jeff Johns wasn't it. I don't think Jim Lee is it. Like these are great comic book guys, but as far as movie guys, yeah. it just hasn't happened. So we'll we'll continue to to keep you posted on the comic book kaiju as all of these things come out. But just kind of disappointed on a personal level, all those people who worked on it, and now it's like, all right, you're not, it's, it's not even going to get put out. Like, no one's going to be able to see the work that you did. Whether it was good or bad, you just can't even see it. So, well, sadly, that's not uncommon in Hollywood. Oh, <laughs> like, in documentaries with people, like, yeah, man, we were on the film and we had, done three weeks and then somebody just came out doing lunch was like yeah the studio changed their mind Dang. it's over go home <laughs> everybody like for real I mean this like I said dude it takes so much for a film to be made like at every level I mean right. like cause you know I'm at like the <laughs> subterranean level of like micro budget, <laughs> you know, that's coming out your pocket, you balancing that with a day job normally. So of course that's trying, but even on the level where that's all you do, it's still so many moving pieces, man, trying to get stuff to work and come together. Oh, can I get this scene? Oh crap. I'm losing light, you know? And, oh, I'm, or, or you know, I I won't be able to do this pivotal scene. Like like it is so. It's just a lot, man. It's a lot of moving pieces, man. So um, yeah, it does suck. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm like, hey, at least I got paid. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you know. And man, I really wanted to see that. And I just here's the thing, man. I'm a guy, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a figure guy and, and, and I'm a comic reader and I've always had a soft spot for like street level and obscure characters and like Blue Beetle was in the pipeline, man. Like, like the newer Hispanic Blue Beetle. Yeah. You know, a character that I, that I like, it's kind of grown on me. You know, I just wanted, like, I expected them to put the heavy hitters in theaters, you know. Mm-hmm. I know how this works. But I really wanted my C and D listers, you know, to come out. Like, you know, maybe we could have got a, you know, a blue and gold, you know. Yeah. You know, head cord, blue beetle, and booster gold or something. You, you know, yes. I just have, have always had a soft spot for, like, the randos. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So... <sighs> The opposite of the studio coming in and taking away uh, your your creation or your uh, your work, the creator of well, I shouldn't say the creator, sorry, the um, the longtime writer of the current Miles Morales comic book, Saladin Ahmed, is leaving the book after the forty second issue. Um, he actually announces in his Substack, which I didn't know he had a Substack. I just subscribed to it. Um, as I was doing a little bit of research yeah. before this, but um, and I believe the book is actually ending too, so it's just like he's gone, they're stopping, like I right. and Marvel kind of does that. Like a lot of times, it's like all right, so that's the end of your story. All right, we'll stop mm-hmm. because what do the big two love to do? Start over with new oh, yeah. number ones 100%. because because that will inflate the sales figures, but then they 
but then it will eventually <laughs> fade away in a road and you're back to those <laughs> pre pre relaunch. Right. And you and I have both been enjoying the uh, Miles Morales comic. And um, the only thing I didn't enjoy from his run was the new costume change. I don't know. I, I don't know what the thinking behind the turtleneck was. Uh, it, it just, I'd like to see it in real life also kind of what is, what does this look like? Right? Like the, the collar, um, like I said, kind of like oversized neck of this. That's what really just weirds me out about that costume. Plus I always loved his, uh, his original costume from the ultimate universe and this, uh, the current, the one that he had in, uh, when they started this comic, but it's been about four years on the book and I just got caught up this year. So for me, it was this year that, I, that I've been reading the whole thing. Seabury, you've been reading from the beginning, right? Yeah. And, and okay. Um, Saladin Ahmed was, I guess, a traditional novelist, a lot of fantasy type stuff. Uh, his first big splash of Marvel was this 12 part black boat series that I loved. Ooh. Like uh black boat, winds up on some kind of prison ship or something and his powers are muted and and also the absorbing man's there and they escape and then they go back to earth and um and of course they eventually wind up getting involved with the absorbing man's wife Titania and Dude, this is the only time I ever really cared about Black Boat. I'm going to just keep it a book. Yeah, his <laughs> but I was just like, I don't care. Then, of course, you know, people like, you know, the owner of my local comic shop, but like, yeah, I know it's a good book, but that's not really Black Boat. <laughs> I was like, you're probably right, and I don't care. <laughs> it, was, it was fun to me. And then when, when I said, oh, okay, so Saladin Ahmed isn't like a hop in and hop out guy. He's really about this comics life now, you know, as well as his novels. So, you know, I was I was uh, pleased when he jumped on um Miles Morales. And I was like, okay, yeah, Saladin is just good at this because, I mean, sadly, I can contrast and, you know, people going to come from my neck, but, <laughs> man, God bless Tana Hossie Coast, but, oh, boy. As much as I love his works, like his novels and things, I felt the opposite about his Black Panther run. I was just like, where is the action? You mm. just talk, you just talk, talk, talk. And like later on, he, he kind of got better, but there were even like slow issues in space. I'm like, you're in space. <laughs> Shoot an asteroid or something. It's like, no, talking, 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 talking. Talking, mm. talking, talking. You know, um, but Saladin wasn't like that to me. Like Saladin got it. Like he really got it. Yeah. And, and so that makes me sad because like I've liked the idea of Miles, but I haven't always loved all the stories he's mm. in, but I like the Saladin stuff, you know. Also I love the kind of mainstream acceptance he got after into the spider verse yeah so you 
so like I said, I know they got these people coming. So, you know, I just have a feeling like they're going to take a break. It might be a three to six month break, but it's like, yo, Miles is popping in these comic in movie streets. Oh, yeah. Because we got gonna... we got two across the Spider-Verse. We got two um, sequels to Into the Spider-Verse coming. Yeah. So, you know, they're going like, you know, uh, Miles Morales will return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even um, Saladin on his Substack, he titled it So Long for Now, which, you know, hints that he could come back and that Miles is not leaving also. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how they end it and then also what is to come for Miles. Hopefully, let's get him a new suit, guys. Come on. Let's get him back to the classic suit that, that I know and love. Um, or if you're going to do something, just give him the freaking suit from the movie. Like, God. Because Marvel normally does it. Marvel would normally like, oh, well, okay, well, everybody loves uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s army, so right. let's make Iron Man look like Robert Downey Jr. in the comics. Right. Oh, everybody loves the costume from the movie, so let's give them a costume like that. It's like, this was... Like, they try to be avant-garde or something. It's like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that sample from uh, N-Words in Paris where the guy's like, it's provocative. <laughs> it gets the people going. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. But, <laughs> but it did not. Yeah. It did. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see something. And you know what, Seabury, on a personal note, I would recommend to you, because I know you're not a big gamer, but I would recommend to you they have the entire story of the Miles Morales video game. Actually, well, there's two things. Number one, my wife and I played through the game on my YouTube channel. So you can watch us if you want to listen to our little commentary. That's on my YouTube page. But also, people just took out all the gameplay stuff and just put the cutscenes up. So they edited it together, and you can just watch it like a movie. And the storyline of that game is actually pretty good. It would have made a good comic. Um, so I would I would recommend that to you if you have a chance, you know, a couple hours, uh, just watch it on YouTube and you can see the whole story of Miles Morales' video game. Yeah, because that's what I did with the first installment of The Last of Us. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, man, I've, I've always been trash at games. I used to, like, go into seclusion before it, like, <laughs> And like play a game an insane amount of times to get decent. Hmm. Now I was a younger man. I just I, I just don't have the love for it anymore. So yes, hmm. I would much rather watch somebody else do the heavy lifting or watch the cutscene. Yes, yeah. actually, Seabury, this is a little tangent, a uh, little video game tangent. So you saw you watched all of Last of Us One. Have you gotten around to any of Last of Us Two yet? No, but I need to. Yes. I, I know I need to. There's, yeah, that story is big. That Last of Us Two, it's like emotionally heavy. Uh, very, uh, yeah. I don't want to spoil it for you, but that is a great storyline and, and very divisive too. Dude, I'm so I'm so rowdy. That <laughs> I was, I, my the shield with shoes on almost made me cry. So yeah, come bring on the emotions. Yeah, that is a great one. <laughs> All right, so. Speaking of emotions, Seabury, let's get into our giant-sized topic this week. And you had some emotions because you brought this topic to my attention. So why don't you tell everybody what you were thinking when you uh, when you came came upon this thought? 
Yeah, I've just noticed, in particular with the mainstream comic companies, they give us the illusion of change. You know, like even since the siblings age to put on a cover, like forget everything you've heard before. <laughs> this issue changes everything. Right. And you get hype and you get into it, or they change, you know, whoever is, you know, in the identity, whoever is donning this costume. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they'll, I don't know, a character might get paralyzed, or a character might get hurt in this scenario, or, you know, a character's identity might get exposed. But it's well, like. Even, even death, too. Like, oh, yeah. they died, but yeah, they'll be back. Well. I uh, agree with Max. Damn, what is his name? Max. Oh, Landis? I'm... Yes, Max Landis. That yes. Superman death kind of broke death in comics. Right. I'm in firm agreement. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's just like, I'm just noticing that particularly with the mainstream comics, there's not really change. You can contrast it to like, I don't know, like Savage Dragon or something from Image. Right. Like this man started living in a whole new dimension <laughs> for a long time. He was like, all right, my dimension's gone. This dimension, okay. <laughs> you were different in my dimension. Yeah, but you're like this now. All right, cool. I'll roll with it. <laughs> like, like that was like a decade of Savage Dragon. Yeah. You know? so, so it's like, you see it in the indies, man, but like these mainstream guys, they it's like they guard the IP with their life, man. Mm-hmm. Particularly now, and it's just like I don't know. It's like I can't even get hacked no more. And I mean, even back in the day, like, you know, some stuff was obvious. Like, I mean, people like, oh, Superman's dead because everybody got caught up in the hype. Right? And even at 16, I'm like, God. <laughs> Superman is like their most one of their most successful characters. You really think they're gonna just let Superman stay dead forever? Then everybody else, I was trying to argue, trying to say, "No, nah, man, Doomsday, like it looks like he's dead now too. He's never coming back." I'm like, dude, that I'm like, comics has never worked like that. I'm like, guys, they're gonna bring him back. <laughs> I remember having these arguments in the store what a few years ago. Well. Nah, that's about crap. About 15, 16 years ago, in the conclusion of the Civil War, uh, Steve Rogers, Dang. Captain America, is, a, is arrested. Yeah, I know. We're old. We're old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, time goes one way. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Roll with it. But, uh, <laughs> like, so Steve Rogers is quote unquote murdered or in time or some crap. I remember arguing in the store. Nah, man, they ain't gonna bring Steve Rogers back. You are reading comics yesterday. Because I got a Death of Superman song. I got a Nightfall. You know, I've got like so many stories where Spider Man is near death and sees Uncle Ben and Uncle Ben tells him to be responsible. Right. Like, I'm like, uh, history says you're wrong, but. (laughs) And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I got jaded to the point where I quit even buying crossovers for a minute. I was like, oh, man, wow. especially Marvel, because, oh my God, Marvel is so bad. And, like, uh, last issue, 
all right, hit the reset button. <laughs> right. Everything's cool. And I'd be like, but that ain't what I grew up on. Like, I felt like, in particular, like in the case of Marvel and DC, I think like they were willing to try more stuff when it wasn't like, oh God, what can be option? Because like right. you know, Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars back in the day, like you know, it broke things that lasted for a minute. Like the thing went solo and left the Fantastic Four. She hooked, joined the Fantastic Four. Magneto returned good for a while. Hang with the X Men, you know, um, freaking. Spider-Man's black costume, which became Venom. Right. But it's like, I just feel like everything is so temporary and so like of the moment, like even costume change, you know, like New 52, Superman come, he gets I mean, yeah, does Superman need armor? No, but at least it was different, man. I was like, okay, so he's not wearing the same thing, but then, a few years passed, well, we had to go back to the old red trunks over the blue costume because you know that's what people love. And I'd be like, but it's dumb, like it was <laughs> made in the 40s. Or you know, every time Spider Man gets a new costume, eventually gotta go back to the red and blue because that's what people know. Gotta protect that IP, <laughs> you know. Uh, and by IP, I mean intellectual property, guys. For those who might not know, as you know, you gotta protect your IP. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta make sure he, he or she, or the character looks very similar to the way they look in the movies. Yeah, and this is a topic, like you said, even going back 15, 16 years. I remember having this topic on Geekland when we had the Geekland podcast. And it hasn't changed. It's been 15 years. It has not changed. It's still the same and probably won't be different for the foreseeable future. And I feel like there's pros and cons to that approach because on the, on the one hand, I, I do like having a complete three-act structure, narrative structure for a story you know, beginning, middle, and end. I don't necessarily like the getting stuck in quicksand of the illusion of a third act. We will always get the first two acts of these characters, the like you said, the mainstream characters, Marvel and DC, but we will never get their third act, or it'll be this alternate storyline. Oh yeah, maybe in the future this will be Batman's ending. This will be his last story. But even like with Dark Knight Returns, at the end of it, it was like, well, he could still go on. And then Frank Miller did 900 sequels and kind of ruined <laughs> that. But I, I, I like, you know, like I said, I like having a beginning, middle, and end. I like change. Nightwing is a great example of a character that they actually let evolve and let change. But now it seems like Nightwing's stuck in a, you know, his late twenties, early thirties. And and he's not going to leave that. I don't think they're going to let him age up anymore. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Damien. Well, I'm just kind of glad they, uh, cause there was a moment like after the new 52 drop when Richard Grayson was just, uh, let's just say he was for the streets as they say, (laughs) (laughs) 
Richard Grayson was getting it in with all the honeys. And you know, <laughs> I am a Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon shipper. Like that is that is my OTP. That's my one true parent. Hmm. Like, like them two together feels like home to me. Okay. So I'm like. I'm at least glad that they're they're reverting back to those two. But I'm like, come on, guys. It's the first Robin and the first bad girl. It's like it's Kismet. <laughs> well, that was yeah, that was another thing. Barbara, they allowed her to change into Oracle. She was Oracle for like what twenty years. Yeah, for and real. And then all right, she's back to jumping around, running around, no paralyzation. Uh she's back to normal. Um uh, I don't know. Well, paralyzation I think the is a word. Is a little wonky, so that's why she's in semi-retirement now. Oh, okay. That I like the you know actually having a difference versus okay, this character is going to be the same. You look at kind of kind of Peter Parker a little bit, where it's like they allowed him to age a little bit. He went through high school, he went through college, became a teacher, and then got stuck. And it's like, all right, he can never age beyond that, um, unless you're doing like a Spider-Man life story. But there's the the good and the bad of that is you you're not allowing that character to actually have a resolution. But then, I guess the the positive of that is, oh well, now my son can have the same characters that I had, and you know the same joy that I had, but. For him, it'll be modern because he'll be getting modern writers, modern artists. And so that is like one way of looking at it. Like, oh, yeah, it's cool that he can enjoy the stuff that I enjoyed and it'll be updated for him. And and I think about it in a video game sense where the video games that we like you and me, Seabray, the video games that we grew up with today look like garbage. And you try to show that to a kid today and they're like what is this and it's like no it's great it's fun it's uh and they're like i ah, get this out of here that's i i'm kind of thinking like that for like 50s and 60s art and writing styles i think of stan lee uh dialogue oh boy <laughs> i feel about the only about the only old head artist that i still kind of pop for is jack kirby yeah, right. Yes. Because even back then, it was just like, Jack, are you under the influence of something? <laughs> why won't you share it? <laughs> it was like a good time. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, too, it's like, although it took my 30s to get Jack Kirby. Like, when I was little, I was like, right. Dude, stuff looks weird. Now, more, I'm like, oh, it I'm, is weird. I love it. I'm the exact same way. Um, and the, you know, really the biggest thing for me is the digital coloring versus the old style coloring. That's the biggest thing that makes a difference, um, in the artwork where it's hard for me to look at a lot of the old stuff because of the coloring at the time. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's just, it's, there's pros and cons to it. And you look at like indie books, like you said, Savage Dragon, I'm thinking about, uh, Invincible, Walking Dead, things that they made a change or they made changes and those changes stuck. Like there was no going back. 
it was, all right, you wrote this guy lost his hand. He lost his hand. He's not getting his hand back. Um, things like that. It's like, I like that, but I also like, be, like I said, being able to have, you know, it's almost like a, a warm blanket, right? See, very, we're reading Daredevil. We're reading Spider-Man. We're reading Batman. This is stuff that we grew up on, and it's Bruce Wayne, Batman. It's Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And when you start to start to pass on the legacy and pass on the mantle, then it's like, oh, well, that's not the same. If I'm giving it to my son, let's say, or, or to your, let's say to your nephew or to your niece, you're giving them something that you didn't have. If it's, all right, this is Miles Morales. Oh, well, I didn't grow up on Miles Morales. I grew up on Peter Parker. It's cool that you have your own, but I'm not, I guess I'm not as connected because I'm not sharing the exact same thing. I hear you, but also, man, DC in the 80s and 90s, they were some legacy hero loving fools. <laughs> Barry Allen, we thought he died. Right, right. Like Wally West was the Flash for a minute. Right, like like middle of the '80s to like what '09 when they yeah. when they brought back. Right, Barry Allen, and you had like Connor Hawk for a minute. Like mm-hmm. Oliver Queen was dead. Like Hal Jordan. Know, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Cal Rainers of Hal Jordan and. And, and like a lot of legs and heroes in like uh later iterations of the Just Society of America, like right. I felt like that was DC's thing. Like, hey guys, things happen, people die. <laughs> but here are the new people that you know to take yeah. over the care. And and I mean that that felt natural to me. Like mm. it, I'm mean, you know, yeah, I did miss some characters, but I well, not Barry Allen, sorry, never was a Barry Allen fan. Well, <laughs> Wally West for life, oh, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but like I I just thought it was cool. But like I said, well, now I know a lot of DC was Jeff John because Jeff Johns was he was the hot right. He was like, right, I want to work on the classic versions. Right. He would just do silly stuff like they gave Cyborg liquid metal powers, and he was so badass, and he was like, no, I don't like that. <laughs> Let's find a way to get him back to being half metal and half human. And I was like, dude, you just ruined years of writing by different people for your own selfish ends. And and it's like DC kind of started this change and started doing it. But like, I mean, I guess I like the mix because, like, you know, Batman was still Batman, Superman was still Superman, but it's like, ah, there's a new Flash. Here's this Green Arrow. Here's this guy, you know, and, and you know, he's had a rotating uh, <laughs> cast of Robins. Right. You know, I like, I guess I like the mix and, and um, I don't know, man, it's like, I think the trouble is I'm just getting older and I question so much now. You know, like I'm 46 now and I'm just like, man. So nothing's ever going to change. In, in particular, you know, I've talked about my frustration with Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and yes. just, you know, we just won't let him grow up. We won't, won't let him stay married to Mary Jane. Won't even right. let him have a successful job. Like, no, Spider-Man's got to struggle because <laughs> that's the way it was and we liked it. They even brought Gwen Stacy back. Now she's Spider Gwen. Now she's Ghost Spider. 
Now she's from an alternate universe, but there's still that character of Gwen Stacy who was from the, you know, sixties. And now we got her in 2020 and she's young. So yes, it's all kind of interesting. And like you said, it's all just the, the corporate corporations trying to squeeze a dollar out and say, okay, we can make more money off of this recognizable character versus creating new characters. Right. Um, Even when the milestone people come in or when, whenever there's, there's new IPs, they're so resistant to it. I mean, we even saw that with the animated stuff, Seabury, where it was like, hey, can we get something that's not Superman, Batman, or Justice League? Can we get another character? You guys got how many thousands of characters, and we're still getting the same ones over and over again? What's crazy is, when I looked at the DC lineup today that came out as we record this on August 2nd, 2022, and it was like so many Batman-heavy titles, I was like, man how many bat titles can the market withstand? You know, like when do we get oversaturated on Batman? Um, I don't know. Cause like, you know, when I was in high school, Spider-Man had four titles. Yeah. Now these days he that. might have like two monthly and, you know, a, a host of, you know, short term yeah. series. Um, We're getting the Spider-Verse. Just, yeah. Yeah. Or the Spider-Verse. I mean, like, well, I know, uh, particularly in terms of comics, man, that market just keeps shrinking. And, like, uh, you know, you go to stores, people like me, 40 and up, you know, <laughs> 40 plus. Now, you know, you see a few little kids sprinkled in there. You know, that gives me hope because, you know, I see, like, a kid talking to his dad about Venom and why he likes Venom. And I'd be like, that's right. You raised that boy right. You raised him right. <laughs> or, you know... You know, you'll see some women, um, you know, and I appreciate that because, like, you know, like, I want comics to be for everybody. Like, they can just overcome the obnoxious gatekeeping nerds that'll probably say something stupid to them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, I guess they kind of run it scared, man. So it's like, all right, we can't take chances. And we're, you know, either this has been optioned or it's, a current movie series or we hope it'll be optioned in the future so you know gotta go back you gotta you, you know you gotta you gotta go back to that classic run and you know that's even a cliche in comics this is a back to basics run oh yeah right you, you know you know so like they like I said you know the little kids are all about that you know card games and anime and Pokemon and, you know, <laughs> uh, manga, you know, they, you know, you know, it's not like we were little and they were, you know, all on newsstands and all that, you know, so like, so like I get their running scared and I get that. Yeah. Um, you know, I get they're trying to protect their neck, so to speak, mm-hmm. but you know, I just, I guess I miss more of the mixture. It just feels like everything is just like IP over everything. Right. Make yeah, I'm the same way. And that's also kind of why I turned to indie books as well as the mainstream. It's like, I, I love Marvel and DC. And they're also kind of running into this problem now with the films. 
Robert Downey Jr. has left the Iron Man role, but there's kind of rumors, a little bubbling that he's going to be in Secret Wars. You know, it's going to be a different alternate reality, Tony Stark. But yeah, what do you do when the real life actors age out of these parts and it's time to recast? Oh, okay, we're going to reset the exact same character back to back to basics, back to the the core elements of of their origin story. And I even thought about that with Barry Allen on the Flash show. It was like, "Oh, okay. So you're bringing in Flash in 2020 or you know, whenever it was, 2016 or 2013, whenever the Flash show came out." And you didn't you don't make it Wally West, you make it Barry Allen. And it's even though Grant Gustin doesn't have blonde hair and he it seems like he could have been a more of a Wally or 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 a different Flash, but that core character and remember when Smallville brought him in and it was Bart? So yeah. they weren't always precious to the legacy characters, but now they they maybe they go in peaks and valleys. Now they're back to the legacy characters, but yeah, I'm with you, Seabra. I'm I like a mixture of both. Um, but I wonder for comics to continue, and I think about this all the time. What is the best? You know what? What is the thing that will keep comics going? And I think about comic shops going away and sales going down individual issues uh maybe selling less and then trade paperbacks selling more like i, I always think about these industry issues and oh i definitely think ogns and trades are the future like original graphic novels and mm-hmm. trade future and oh my gosh like I, I mean i know we're gonna talk about this you know eventually but like Hey guys, here's why Mung is kicking your butt. Yeah. You see what they have? Consistent creative teams. Also, you see what else they have? When storylines in, they kind of end. <laughs> yeah, they allow their characters to change. You know, um, that's also yeah, that's that's a good point. Um and we'll probably talk about that on a future episode, but uh yeah, it just kind of kind of makes me cringe a little bit when I think about like, man, I don't want comics to go away. I don't want um, the business to take over and take out the creative side of comics where it's like, well, we can't be creative. We can't make new stories because we can't sell them. Like people won't buy them anymore. And that's the end of comic books. There's no more comics. So it's always just interesting to see how these things evolve and, and shape or uh, uh, flow, I should say. But the illusion of change in mainstream comics is something that I think about all the time, whether it's in comic form or in the live action, the movies that we're getting. Oh um, uh, yeah, definitely different because like Marvel is throwing out this multiverse, but it seems to just be a way to do red herrings or fan service, and it's like. Well, no, if you have a character that's dead, <laughs> you can bring back another one. Yeah. Because you created a freaking <laughs> multiverse. Actually, I, you... Oh, go ahead. I, I just throw my hands up, man. Just, <laughs> hey. Yeah. You know what else I was thinking of was how they keep rebooting the Ninja Turtles and... 
there's new cartoons, there's new movies, and Turtles is you know it's kind of an anomaly amongst indie creators that everybody's always looking for the next Ninja Turtles, but they've had an interesting arc too where it's like it's the same four turtles and they'll bring in other turtles, but you're always going back to those same four and the reboots are bringing them back to their original, like, and, and being like, but what I like about for like the people in charge of turtles is they have fun with it. Like you'll have cartoons with, with, with different versions of the turtles working right. together. Because at this point, you know, it's got to be a turtles multiverse. Like it has to be. <laughs> There's so many freaking versions. Right. And they like, okay, let's have fun with it. <laughs> like yeah. I can at least appreciate that. Like, you know, own, uh, own up to it, own it. And, you know, use it to do cool things. Right. Yeah. So I think. That's a a good ending point for our conversation here, Seabury. I don't know if you had anything else specifically to add to it. You know, it's just, you know, just just some old head comic questions when when you be like, yeah, that's silly. That doesn't make sense. But yet, <laughs> I'm still reading. So, yeah. am I part of the problem? It's like, yeah, you know. It's... <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be an interesting uh thing to follow and we would also like to hear your thoughts if you're listening in podcast land or in youtube land leave us a comment reach out to us let us know your thoughts on the illusion of change in mainstream comics is it a good thing or do we actually need this evolution in order for our mainstream comics to survive and to continue Um, let us know send us a message you can always leave us a review in iTunes. I should I don't know why I say iTunes every single time. In Apple Podcasts or in Spotify. Um five stars if you're nasty. Uh we would love that. <laughs> don't forget to share us with all of your comic loving family and friends. And I have a little programming note for you guys, a little change. Um our book of the month is going to switch up a little bit and we're going to be doing Nightwing, Volume 1, Leaping into the Light. And that's by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. I actually did a little review on my YouTube channel, uh, just Vactor, V-A-C-T-O-R. You can check that out. Um, I think I titled it, Why Nightwing Doesn't Suck. So <laughs> if you want to I check mean, that it out. really doesn't. Like, like <laughs> even, even when they took away all the superhero stuff and just made them Grace and Agent of Spire, it's like, ah. Still love it. <laughs> so definitely check that out. Uh, we'll leave a link in the show notes. Uh, you can pick that up, read it, and then come back and join us for our book of the month when we talk about Nightwing Volume 1, Leaping into the Light. Uh, don't forget the comic book Kaiju is part of the Geek So to Speak podcast network where we have our video game podcast, The Sandbox Gamers, Technological, our Star Trek podcast, and Geek So to Speak, our geek news podcast. Seabury, I know... That our our friends can check you out um, podcasting at Black Nerd Power, like you said earlier, but also at Cinesundry reviewing movies. Yes, 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 Cinesundry. That's a movie review show that I do in conjunction with On Location Memphis. That's an organization kind of you know 
kind of trying to do outreach and uh, give panels and different discussions about movies and music and things like that. Um, yeah, so you can find it on the On Location Memphis Facebook page or the On Location Memphis YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, once again, like I said, Black Nerd Power is on a bit of a hiatus. But if you want to hear all the episodes, all of them, you know, we did it about, let's see, we started in 2014, kind of took a hiatus in 2022. Uh, you can go to the, uh, you, you can listen to those on the Kudzukian app. That is K-U-D-Z-U-K-I-A. Excellent. Um, also, we do have some social media links in our show notes. Uh, we are just CBK Pod. That's Comic Book Kaiju Pod um, on Twitter and Instagram. And I've been posting uh, links on TikTok at Vector Loves Comics. Um, so check all those out. And we will catch you again on the next episode of the Comic Book Kaiju. On behalf of Marcus Seabury, I am Vector. We love comics, and you should too. 